for you I'm empty handing and I'm feeling blue And I'm gonna dream till the day that I die Shut bum down my throat I'm empty hiding and I'm Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Domestic Pints Only, a podcast about beer and friendship. Uh, my name is John, and joining me today is, well, just me. <laughs> this is actually just a, uh, a little bit of solo bonus content. If you had listened um, to our previous episode, we talked about the non-alcoholic beers. Um, I mentioned that I actually have a few uh, solo cans at home, and I'm actually just going to call this series Cold Shots. I think um, opportunistically, if there's cans here that I happen just to get myself, and, you know, and or my co-hosts uh, aren't interested in really reviewing them. It's not their thing or, you know, or if it's, it's for them, too, they're well, they're welcome to make their own episodes, too. I think um, um, we're just going to be releasing these bonus episodes, just little snippets uh, talking about stuff at home, um, stuff that I think is interesting and unique and, um, you know, share our thoughts on them. These are going to be a little short episodes. I don't really want this to be uh, a very long uh, episode. Normally, like when my co-hosts are here, we. We shoot the shit, we drink them, we chat about them, we, we crack jokes, uh, and it, it's a great time. But when it's just by yourself, um, it's a little bit of a difference, although it, it feels quite intimate to be chatting uh, into the ether to a uh, presumed audience of uh, however many people, hopefully a handful of you. Um, so if it's not your thing, that's that's okay. I think like some of these drinks, especially the non-alcoholic drinks, um, there's ob- obviously not as much of a wide audience as we said in our last episode. Um, well, actually, as they've seen the last episode, there actually is quite a, a large audience, but um, it's usually not what you think when it comes to the regular beer consumers. They're very popular, obviously, with people who are who are intentionally trying to consume less or no alcohol at all. Um, they're actually very popular, as we talked about in the last episode, in, in the Middle East and in, in, in regions of the world where um, alcohol is prohibited or it's just not part of the culture as much. There's certain restrictions around it. Um, in those areas, non-alcohol drinks are becoming very popular. And just also in general, there has been a shift in North America towards you know, less beer consumption. There's been more shifts towards uh, selling alcoholic seltzers, hard sodas, stuff like that. Um, so today um, I'm going to touch on another non-alcoholic uh, drink, or rather, as we also said, a low alcoholic drink. Um, this one is by uh, the brewery called uh, Omnipolo. It's called Conks. Now I'm going to talk, of course, about the can itself, which I think um, uh, but I, before I get into the can, I just have to kind of give a little bit of context because you'll understand when you see the can. Uh, first of all, as, as we always say, uh, go on our social media, Instagram, we'll have a post showing the can. Of course, if you just search up the names of the beers themselves, you know, you have your phone out, you Google it, you can, uh, you're all capable of finding that yourself. But I like to just um, highlight that we actually put out pictures there because, you know, some of these beers, the domestic ones, you, you all see them at your stores, you know what they look like. Some of the more obscure crafty ones very local or region specific you, you might not be able to access them at all so um this one's called conks or i think it's conks i i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly uh brewed by omnipolo um the can itself is quite striking that's what i really like about this outfit called omnipolo they make um they're actually a duo it's um let me just let me find the name here i make sure i got this correct so omnipolo is a brewery founded by a uh, brewer henok fenty and artist carl grandin in 2010 and these guys joined together and um, as, as, as I say, it's a brewer and an artist, so it's really interesting. Um, Hennock Fenty is the one who kind of designs the beers and, you know, is really involved in the brewing process. Uh, Carl Grandin's his partner who's also involved in the collaborative process, but is mainly focused on the art of the cans itself. Um, they're an interesting brewery. They're, 
they would call themselves that they're classified as like a gypsy brewery or, or nomad brewery, um, which means they don't have like a specific location. They're not like a lot of, you know, the craft spots here. And, you know, in my home city of Ottawa, we've got people around the city that uh, have different locations that they brew their beer. Um, they're, they're sort of like a traveling outfit. So they go to different breweries and collaborate with the producers there and create beers. And um, they also have partnerships in North America. So they're located in Stockholm, uh, sorry, uh, they're located in, in Sweden. I believe they're located in, uh, in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, but they've also, they have bars um, in um, Germany and Tokyo. And they've also got um, two spots in North America and 12% imports in Brooklyn where they do exports their, their stuff there. Also in, uh, in Toronto, they have Craft Brand Company. If you know about the, if you're from Toronto, you know about the, the Bodega Bottle Shop. You can order a lot of this stuff there. And actually, I was able to get this myself in Ontario at the uh, LCBO. And um, depending on where you're at in Canada, I'm, I would be willing to bet there are other locations you might be able to get these as well. Uh, my experience with Omnipolo, I, 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 the first time I ever tried Omnipolo was, uh, was a, oh, what was it, the winter Christmas time? Uh, I think it was about two years ago. It would have been with family, so it would have been uh, pre-pandemic. And I remember it was one of their stouts. And I don't even remember the exact name of the stout, but the stout can was so interesting. I had this like creepy eye on it. And I'm like, what is this beer? I've never seen this before. And what's really cool about their, their cans is that they're really art. They have really distinct looking art and they don't really feature like the name of the brewery, the name of the beer. It's all in really small fonts. In the case of the beer that I was referring to the stout, I, I literally had to like look over the entire can for like, I, I probably spent like a good minute of my time, like looking all over the can, like, where, what is this even called? Like, where is this from? And it was like way at the bottom of like tiny fonts, like Omnipolo. And I was like, I had to Google and find out what that was. Uh, yeah, and then I, I really enjoyed their stout. They also had another beer that hopefully will be back this summer that I want to talk about in our episode, because I think it's a really interesting one. Uh, but let's get back to this beer, the Conks. Um, it's got this really cool, uh, crisp, almost like a, like a dark purple, like a dark violet can with this interesting horizon at the top you have this it looks like a little um peach colored sun it almost looks like a, something that you would see in like an impressionist painting um you know if, if you're familiar with um like uh if, if you're familiar with like say Claude Monet um it, it really looks like it almost looks like the impression sunrise by Claude Monet which I, I I'm I'm not I wasn't really a big art growing up my partner's an artist so I kind of got into it through her and we actually went to the National Gallery. They had an exhibit on Monet. We got, I got to see that, like, and it looked amazing. And it really reminds me of that. That's one of my favorite works of art. I'm not, again, I'm not an art guy, but, um, you know, I like my, uh, I like my specifics, and that one really, I really enjoyed that one. This one's really cool. It has like this kind of long stretch of horizon. So it's like, you, when you look at it, it adds some nice little, little depth to it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel flat. It, it adds some really interesting character, and it's just the conch stretched out. Um, it has a really stark kind of seventies style and when I was reading up on the artist himself I'll, I'll give some credits in the show notes because there's some good interviews uh with Carl Grant and the artist where he talks about kind of his his art style and kind of how he got into art and, and his partnerships um so in Canon magazine that there was an interview with the artist Carl Grant and he talked a little bit about his sort of his inspiration and his sort of creative process of course he talked about how Hennick was the one who was in charge of kind of uh, the brewing process but he is the one who kind of is really in charge of the design and the, and the look of it you know, his style, his, he talked a little bit, it was a really cool, interesting snippet. He talked about how his style was inspired by, in his bedroom, his uh, father's a child uh, hung up like a little postcard uh, showing uh, the Codex Gigas. Like a, it's an old medieval work of art, an old tapestry showing this kind of like medieval design beam. And, and he talked about how he saw that in, in kind of, in, in, um, in conflating beside him, there was also like this, this 70s medallion style tapestry or, or design. 
and that he said that kind of like offered the spark that really inspired him in his art. And you can kind of really see that it really has these really funky seventies, um, very colorful, very almost psychedelic, something that you would see in like, um, when I look at this, it almost, I mean, it's not quite the same art style, but it almost reminds me a little bit of like, say like, um, a yellow submarine or getting into that kind of art style. And, you know, personally, I'm, I'm, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I do love my, like my Robert Crumb, you know, shout out to the Crumb heads. I like, I love that like seventies funky, uh, Ralph Baschke like art style. And I think this, some of those cans really leans into that. Some of them are a little bit different. So I am going to put the, uh, his artist page on, um, the show notes. I would really recommend uh, looking up his other cans and bottles because, um, on his artist page, uh, which is really interesting because a lot of artists will have like their, their art displayed, you know, their paintings and stuff like that, good quality scans. His is like pictures of all the bottles and cans, which is really cool. Um, a lot of some of the art forward cans we talked about are specifically designed to be on beer cans. Some that you can almost just see in like a little square, even by even size, little art uh, frame. But these, it, it, you can really tell that the effort into actually presenting it on the can itself is um, is really intentional. And I, I just really like this can. I think out of all the Omnipolo ones, uh, this stands out with the most of them. When I first saw this, I, I stumbled upon this at the LCBO here in Ontario. I was like, what the heck is this? Like, it, it really stood out to me. I realized it was non, non-alcoholic. So if I have to just give a quick score to it, I'm actually going to give it um, an eight, which I think is quite high. Although I think for the, I, I'm trying to, again, I, I'm the one, the judge, jury, and executioner today. Um, so for me, I really think it's like a beautiful can, really interesting. I love um, the art behind it. I like the artist behind it. And it's just a really interesting process of how he creates it. Um, the can itself I like. However, I do think uh, a knock that if I had to imagine, if I had to play, you know, my co-hosts right now and what they might think, I think they would probably suggest, you know, it's a little bit difficult to tell on first look that this isn't like an alcoholic beer. So if you just quickly went in, grabbed it, you bought it, came home, you might be like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, so that might be a knock to some of you. However, if you're the one, if you're the type of person who's not like an in and out, if you're the type of person to kind of peruse, look around, much like you would at like an old video store, you know, you go in, you're not just there to just grab the specific item. You're not just there to, you know, blindly grab something at all. You're there to kind of look around, read descriptions and really learn a little bit more about it. Um, if you're that type of consumer, I think you might really be turned on by this can because you'll just be kind of pleasantly surprised. It stands out amongst all the another non-alcoholic cans, which tend to be a little bit more on the plain side. And it offers like a really unique um, art display on it. Anyways, I should also note, this is a 0.3, uh, percent. Uh, it's, it's a small can, so it's a 355 milliliter can. And we're going to go into drinking it. Uh, before I drink it, I, once again, a shout out to the ASMR audience. Um, or just one can today, just me. So it'll be a little bit quieter. So you might have to turn up your audio. Um, I do want to note, um, social media wise, for those of you out there, this had a 3.16 on Untapped and a 3.42 on Beer Advocate. So without further ado, would you join me, please, on this solo endeavor? We're going to crack this open. A count of three, two, one, crack them. Ooh, that was quite pleasant. I'm pouring right now. It smells very florally, very, is florally even a word? Florally even a word? I think it's, it's very floral. Um, it, it very much has, and I should note the can itself. It's actually interesting. It's described as a, it's a non-alcoholic mini pale ale. And I certainly, I get that very, very weedy, very hoppy scent that you would normally kind of expect in your typical pale ale, your typical IPA. Um, it, it really does smell like that, which I got to say is a very pleasant surprise because a lot of the craft, or sorry, the non-alcoholic beers that we've had, both all my co-hosts and also in the recent episode, they tend to almost have like no smell or smell pretty thin. I think, uh, I mean, it's this episode in particular is being recorded after 
a little bit after when we recorded that one. So when you hear this, they'll be almost like instantaneously right after. Um, so a little bit of time has passed since then. So my uh, my memory has faded a little bit as I'm as I've reached my elder age of nearly thirty. But <laughs> that um, those cans didn't really have much headiness to them. I don't remember smelling like a really strong smell. I think they kind of had like really faint. Uh, smell and it kind of dissipated quickly. This one, however, I'm smelling it and it, it smells quite good. So I, I'm holding up the light right now. It's um, it's very um, almost opaque. It's got like a very like light orange, looking like kind of like an East Coast IPA, like a hazy uh, hazy IPA. Um, all right, let's just without further ado, let's take a let's take a sip. Well, it's interesting. I got to say. I, I can kind of tell that this is non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic. It tastes very thin, much like kind of a light beer. It's only a 0 0.3, which I think is even a little bit lower than some of the ones we had in the last episode, which usually like 0 0.5 or, or around that range. Yeah, this one's only a 0 0.3. Got to say, quite a nice, uh, pleasant taste. I think it has like a nice, very, very orange uh, flavor, very sweet. A little bit of, I'm getting a little bit of a honey, a little bit of a um, little bit of, uh, of cinnamon, sugar. Um, I'm going to take another sip. Yeah, very, very nice orange taste. Um, I, got, I got to say, this is quite pleasant. And um, I, I think I, I actually really enjoy drinking this beer. I think, you know, I think the issue I ran into in the previous episode, if you didn't listen to the previous uh, non-alcohol episode, some of this might be a little bit, uh, you might not be knowing what I'm talking about because you're like, I'm, cite you're, I'm citing something that you didn't even listen to. So you're like, what the hell is he talking about? But um, one of the things we ran into in our previous episode, drinking all those non-alcoholic non beers, was that a lot of them, the taste wasn't really there. There, It was when you took the alcohol out, it, it, it was already stripped down. Um, some of those ones didn't have much of a good, really pleasant taste. So this one, um, it reminds me a lot of that Sleeman one. It has a bit of flavor to it. It's a bit more citrusy. Like this is something that you could really drink on a hot day. It really profiles for that hot weather temperature. And it smells quite good. I, I think um, that's also a nice appeal to it. It, it has like a nice, pleasant, um, light, fruity, sweet smell to it. That I think um, really makes it stand out amongst some of the uh, the other the other non-alcoholic beers out there, and um, I I'm really enjoying it. I gotta say. Um, all right, I think it's about time to give it a score, taste, smell, feel, all that stuff. Um, this beer is quite surprising. I, I gotta say, I didn't expect it to be as sweet as it is, and I think some people you might, if you're not into a very sweet flavored beer, that may be a bit of a turnoff. I, I do think it has quite a bit of um, it has quite a nice, like, orange, lemony uh, taste to it. I'm actually, I was reading some kind of other reviews on it. People described it as, as almost having, like, a lemon popsicle taste. That's a very interesting uh, way of describing it. Uh, but I think that kind of hits it bang on. It, 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 it encapsulates a lot of really pleasant, flavorful uh, citrus flavors, um, even more so than I'd say than the last the Sleeman beer we had on our previous non-alcohol episode. As you remember, those are zero points. Uh, five citrus lager and that was like very citrusy I think this one actually uh, beats that one quite a bit um, in terms of like a pale ale it, it does taste a little bit thin like I'm not getting a whole lot of hops like it doesn't uh, it, it's not giving me um, as much as that taste as I would probably want I mean I'm looking as my co-host Tom would normally say if I look at the ingredients list it says water and barley it contains barley it contains oats hops yeast and um, that's pretty cool to see um, yeah I think for taste for me I gotta say really enjoyed this beer um, I think this is probably the best non-alcoholic beer I've ever had. I, I mean, I, I don't have much of a sample size to go through. I think I'm going to try some more. As I said, I have a few on stock here that I'm going to try to work my way through and maybe come up with a, 
a nice little uh, revision on on my experience in non non alcoholic beer because frankly a lot of them haven't tasted that pleasant. But I gotta say I'm enjoying this quite a bit. It's almost like a, I could just drink this like a soda. Like I think this is quite a tasty like citrusy um, soda. It doesn't taste too. It's not like overly sweet like you would like a can of pop. It, it but it's it's it, it's nice and I really enjoy it. I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Quite a high score, but I think out of all the ones I've had so far, this is one I actually quite enjoy uh, quite a bit. All right, likely to recommend. I think I've got to hurry this up. I don't know where we're at, but I feel like it's been quite a long time for a bonus short episode. So I've just been rambling on and on. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, likely to recommend. I got to go with a, ooh, do, 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 let me think. I'm going to go with a, hmm. I mean, I just don't want to like just give this all high scores, but I think I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it an eight. I think, um, again, it's kind of tricky because it's like, it, we. I think we look at that scoring system depending on, what we're drinking and you know me tom and alex we have our kind of own perspectives on it in this case i'm kind of looking like i'm recommending it to you know someone who specifically wants like a non-alcoholic beer um i probably wouldn't recommend this to someone who i didn't know wasn't into non-alcoholic beer or didn't want like a low alcoholic beer but i think even if you like didn't weren't into non-alcoholic beers or or low alcoholic beers i think if you tried this you actually would enjoy the taste i think most people would just drink this and really like it i think it just it has like a nice fruity citrusy sweet lemony taste to it that i think um your average consumer would like and i we see that with like the big producers right like bud light as like bud light lime you've seen like lime lemon beers summer beers or like in chrono with the lime inside those are very popular on the deck beach beers and i think this really fits into that mold this is something if you're at the park and you wanted to like you know drink with your friends but you're not you're not into drinking or you know you're, you have reasons to not want to consume alcohol this would be a really nice um drink to have and i think it's widely it it, it, it's something that um, anyone would like even if you're not into non-alcohol non-alcoholic beers so eight for me and you know what i am going to give it the uh the bonus modifier i think uh i I gotta say i I was really impressed by this one um and i i i'm not normally impressed by some of these non-alcoholic drinks uh but this one definitely feels like it's at a step above um, most of the ones, I mean, I haven't had all of them yet, but certainly the ones that I have had in the larger space domestically, like, uh, you know, the big producers like Coors or Budweiser, or even like, you know, the ones that have been in the space for a while, like Bex or, or Heineken, I, I think these are, this is a much better beer than those. And I, I really enjoyed it. So it's getting a, uh, it's getting a modifier for me. So now we're going to move into the final scoring. Right there, our local, uh, <laughs> our local analytics department, aka just myself uh, today. Uh, just a little quick little number crunch. Um, so, John, what do we have to say about this? What was your score? I gave it an eight point three, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to be an eight point three. Uh, yeah, really dug this beer. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, but at the same time, though, there were a couple of misses. I think um, I did take a few marks away from the can branding because I think for some people. Um, and I'm trying to kind of gamify it like my co-host would think. I'm trying to get to their psyche. I think like it, because they they don't emphasize the labeling and stuff like that, I think it would be something that you could easily pick up if you're not paying attention and actually buy, accidentally buy it. And you might be a little bit disappointed in that front. Uh, but otherwise, I do think like the actual can itself is is beautiful. And maybe honestly, I gave it an eight, but uh, I think some of their other cans are a little bit better. So if we ever get a chance to talk about those episodes, I'm going to be gushing all about them. But yeah, I'm going to I gave it, a, I think, a fair score there taste was really blown away. Um, I really enjoyed it, although I did feel like it was a little bit thin. I mean, it's not non-alcoholic beer, not 
too unexpected, but I do kind of wish there was a little bit more hops there as I would expect in like a, in a paleo. And um, I, I do think this was quite recommendable. I think it needs a free, pretty fair score. It would be hard to give it a 10 unless it was just something that would really blow away everyone else. And I don't know if I've given many beers on our show a 10 or even a nine. I think there's been a handful that have been really up there. Um, but this one, I think at an eight uh, for a non-alcoholic beer is, is quite a nice surprise. And we've, uh, we've reached the end of our little snippet of bonus content. I'm going to probably have to edit this down because I was just rambling all, all over the beginning. It was just like me going on and on. And I'm like, oh, the dog was barking and my phone went off. So uh, this was just a little fun little one. Um, coming up next, I think we're going to have another episode coming up. We have, we've recorded a few that are going to get released in weird order. So I, I can't really tell you what's going to be next uh, by the time uh, that episode drops. I think there might be another one before that that we haven't even recorded yet. So who knows? Um, we usually try it. We have a bunch of like released in advance, but some of them are going to just getting slotted in different spots to kind of coincide better with the season um, heading into the summer. So um, can't tell you exactly what's coming up next, but I will say um, stay tuned. I'm going to do another one of these bonus, uh, bonus episodes with another uh, drink, and I'm excited to try that one and chat about it. Um, otherwise, uh, we're done. So thank you so much, and I will see you all again next episode with the rest of my co-hosts and i'll uh, probably try to go again with you all in another little slice of bonus content so stay tuned and um enjoy your enjoy your weekend bye everyone thanks for listening to our episode of domestic pines only um, our intro and outro song is by daisy may the song is titled drink beer till the day that i die you can find them at www.daisymay.com. Our artwork is by Natalie Rive. Um, you can find her artwork on Instagram at Natalie Rive Artist or on her website www.natalierive.com. That's R I V E T. And you can also find us on social media. Uh, our, our Twitter account is at Domestic Pines, and our Instagram and TikTok is at Domestic Pines Only. And of course, our email is Domestic Pines Only at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.